But I was the only child, and my mom was single. And then she passed away. Damn. So like when that happened, like it was a, it was it was a, and my dad he he my dad's not a bad person, but he made some bad decisions in his life, and he wasn't there as much as he should have been. Honestly. So because of that, when she passed away, it really made me understand. I was like, dude, like you gotta fucking work, dude, because uh, there's. Like once that happened, I felt like it was like before that I was like I knew the world was cold or whatever, but like it was like oh well you know I always got my mom to go back to, but then once that happened, it was like nah bro, what are you going to do now? I was like yeah you have your wife or whatever, but like you have to like you know provide for her and make sure you're you know being a good asset for her in her relationship. So if I'm down and fucked up, I'm probably just bringing her down, right? So that. Once I once that happened, I was like, dude, like there is that unconditional love of you. Know, no matter what, you can go. But nah, I lost that. So once I realized that, I would say that was probably the biggest thing that changed my life. Um, because I I watched my mom and I see how many things she could have done, but she didn't do because she was worried about other people. Mm. And she was like, well, I want to do this, but like, who's gonna take care of so and so? And I'm like. And then, like, just as, like, the as the clean out the house and everything and all those things were playing, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to, as much as, as much thing, great things as my mom taught me, I think that was one of her best lessons was showing me what she did not do with her life. So I'm just like, wow, I know now that I'm not going to, if I think I have a gift or any, I'm going to try to fucking put it out there. I don't care if it offends somebody. Or whatever, how I look at it, if those people that you are thinking about really do love you and care for you, they want you to be happy in your reality, not their reality. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday show. My name is Eric Riley, and I'm going to be your host as always. And today we are joined by a very special guest, my boy Derek. I know him as Mooch, so if you hear me call him Mooch, I'll I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, he, so he is the owner. He is the owner and founder of one of the founders, co-founder of Quick Cell Valley. I'll let him tell you guys about that in a little bit. Um, but I just want to give you guys a little bit of background on where I know him from, kind of our history. Uh, so he's one of my boys from my college days. We both joined the same fraternity. Um, I told my pledge brothers back like when I was still like getting into the fraternity. That I would never fuck with this dude a day in my life. <laughs> like, I swear to God, like, I told him, like, yo, fuck all this shit. When I get into this fraternity, like, I don't like this dude. Like, fuck him. And I tried, I tried to stick to that for a little bit. Um, but, like, you, you grow and you change and shit like that. Um, and we became boys pretty soon after I got into the fraternity. And we just kind of kept the conversation going after college. Um, so after college, I just want to say, like, a little bit. So I don't know if I ever told you this, and I'm not giving him a word yet. He'll get he'll get his time to introduce himself. <laughs> but after college, he's been he was honestly a really big inspiration to me. Um, you know, I was doing it like I was kind of starting to get all my shit, and he was putting out mad content on Instagram and shit like that. Like I always saw that, and that was something I really wanted to do with my like. I was always thinking like you know I was really into Gary Vee. I was really into like all these. Famous Instagram influencers, business people, and not even famous people. Someone like Boots, who only has a couple hundred followers. And 
it really made my vision seem so much more attainable because it's not like I have to have thousands of followers. It was just like, yo, my boy's doing it. Like, the world, he's not fucking dying. Like, you seem good, so why, why can't I do that shit? So, I mean, that, like, I never really told you that shit, but, like, that's a fact. Like, that's really how I felt. Um, so I'm going to give Moose a chance to talk a little bit about himself before we get into the entire show. Uh, so Moose, tell me a little bit about, you know, where you come from, what you do, why you do it. Go ahead. Wow, that was a, that was a loaded intro there. Ah, so, uh, yes, uh, my name is Derek. Uh, they also call me Mooch. That was my fraternity name way back in the day. Uh, so a little bit where I was from. I'm actually from the Lehigh Valley area, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. If anybody knows, uh, you know, where Lehigh University is, right next to Allentown. That's kind of how Bethlehem is known as the place right next to Allentown. Um, so there's that. And then just a little bit about myself and like what I do. Uh, kind of just be myself, stay authentic, uh, you know, just chase my dreams, goals, and aspirations the best way that I think of. Uh, I fuck up, make mistakes, uh, write it down, and uh, try to get better. Um, so that's kind of my way of living life. And right now, currently focused on, you know, a lot of things in the real estate industry, as well as uh, just overall investing and then also like the self-development stuff. Um, and it's crazy that like I was able to inspire you. I didn't, I didn't know I had clout like that that's, that's, kind of, that's, kind of, that's, like, that's the thing is like you don't realize that you have clout like that until someone tells you that hey man like you actually had a big impact so i think that's a big reason like you gotta acknowledge that you gotta tell people that they're changing your life because that keeps them going so like again yo that's crazy that's so that's so right i can't believe that um i'm offering value somebody that's that's lit though i mean i'm up with it so i never really but when it's yourself, you're like, yeah, it's whatever, it's, I just do this. And then it's like, other people are like, whoa. So I guess, I guess that's dope. I'm glad it's working. <laughs> I guess that's dope. <laughs> no, I mean, and like, I've had that, you know, I've been on the other end of that spectrum too, where I'm like, a month ago, I, you know, been putting out content for a couple months now. And like, someone DM me was like, hey, like, I just found a really good, like, killer job. And like, I just want to say thank you so much for your content. Like, it really helped me. And it's just like, that's the type of shit that makes me want to keep doing my shit. Like, it's not it's not for any fucking financial motivation or anything like that. Like, I could give a fuck less if I ever made money off of this, like, personal development shit. Yeah. It's just like, to see me make an impact on someone else's reaching their full potential is dope as fuck. Yeah, dude. Like, dope as fuck. So... <laughs> Let's get into some life philosophy, bro. Um, so the the idea the idea here with this with this podcast, we're gonna try to go from life to some general business stuff uh, because we're both sort of in the entrepreneur entrepreneur space. And then after the general business stuff, I want to pick Mooch's brain a lot about real estate. Um, if you guys don't know, I'm trying to get into real estate in the next couple of months. I'm trying to house hack. We'll talk about that a little bit and why I'm a little apprehensive about it. Um, but we'll get into that. So we'll start with life. And um, I want to start with this question. And it's kind of a weird question to start with. But I actually, like, I made a whole podcast about this question. And I kind of scrapped it because I, like, felt like I word vomited onto a mic. <laughs> and, like, it didn't make sense. But I'd like to hear your thoughts. Um, so, like, what is your attitude toward competition? 
And what do you think, like, do you think it is a good thing in the grand scheme? I know where I stand on it, but I'd like to hear, you know, other ideas. Oh, oh, you really want to know? Okay, so if this sounds absolutely ridiculous, I totally understand. How I feel about competition? I really honestly don't think it exists. Um, And honestly, the reason why I feel like it doesn't exist is like, you know, if I'm always looking to add value and uh, create super create opportunities to a species that has no threshold for being satisfied, how in the world am I going to run out of opportunities? Because I'm servicing people that will never be satisfied with their current position, right? So I look at it here like, you no, know, I'm in the business. I look at it as I'm in the business because I'm creating opportunities for other people. So as long as the world population is billions of people, I don't understand how I would not be able to continue just to prosper in some fashion. I feel like it's my duty to figure out how I can be a better asset to the world. I don't really think that's anybody else's job responsibility. So I don't really think competition exists. However, um, if you were in like a term of a sense on how I think in terms of mentality, but if I was going to just use the societal based norm definition for yeah, in terms of competition, um, I think it's obviously good. I mean, if you're not, if you're not, if you don't feel like, you know, your competitors are burning your ass, then I don't really think you should be doing whatever you're doing because that means that you're not, you're selling yourself short, right? So, yeah, I think that if you do feel competition, I don't think you should shy away from it. I feel like that's, you know, the higher power of God, whoever you pray to or whatever you believe in. I feel like, you know, that's pretty much that telling you, hey, maybe you are not giving your full potential. Maybe that's why you feel like this person or these people are burning your ass right now. Um, So that's kind of like my philosophy or my attitude towards competition. Um, Yeah, I would say, like, I really like what you said about, you know, basically what I gathered from the first half of your answer, like, essentially... You're not competing against everyone else. Like, there's a there's a huge abundance of opportunity and shit to do in the world. Like, it's not like this person's successful, so you can't be. Like, that's just a bunch of fucking bullshit. Yes, yeah, irrelevant. And like, people love to think like that. That's idiotic. Yeah, it's idiotic. <laughs> and another thing that you were saying is like, burnt like someone. You know, if you're not worried about someone burning your ass, like you're kind of fucking up in a sense. Like, and I I still, I agree with that, right? It's like if you if there's no motivator to be better, for example, like in a, in a market setting or something, like if you're a company and you have no competition, like you're a monopoly, like why would you even need to be better? Like you already have everything. So that's why I think that in, a, in the grand scheme of like a market, something like that is such a good thing because it makes you have to worry about like customer experience and you know, being better and just being the best you can. Yeah, so that brings me to another thing, you know, in terms of being better. Like the name of this podcast, obviously, is Better Than Yesterday. And the whole idea of like better is like subjective almost in a sense where like you, you're better, your version of success, what you think is great, like whatever you're striving towards could be completely different than what I'm striving towards. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, what would you say, like, what are you striving towards, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, I don't know if you have a five, ten year idea, but, like, 
what is your version of success? What, what is, what, if you achieved tomorrow, would you be like, fuck yeah, like, I did. Uh, so my, my form of success, I would have to say is, you know, um, I mean, I think I'm on camera, so. You are. So like, if you haven't noticed, yeah, I'm brown, right? So um, for me, one of my main goals is to really be able to be a resource because I've noticed that a lot of people are categorical thinkers and they have, let's say, trouble, so to speak, to, let's say, you know, somebody like yourself, you know, you're doing great things. Somebody looks like me might see you and might be like, ah, you know, that person doesn't look like me. I don't, you know, they're going to, they're probably going to create those, you know, stigmas. Oh, well, he's a Caucasian, all those good things. But like, I feel like, okay, if they see me do it, it's like, okay, I can, I feel like I can talk to that person because he looks like me. We resemble each other. So let me ask him some type of question. Let me get some guidance from him. Um, and I feel like my ultimate goal is to be able to create enough to where I'm like, if I'm cool to those people where they want to be like, hey, what did you do to get there? And it's not like, hey, I did not dribble a basketball and I did not, you know, wrap my way to money. And it seems like, you know, just the way, you know, uh, the media is framed and stuff, That's it seems like that's where people that look like me, that's where they feel like that's where they have to, to get in. That's like, so I'm just like, for me, I'm like, if I can build my, and I purposely, like, I could have actually built my business by investing a lot of money, but we actually started off by purposely not investing money so that way we could prove to ourselves, hey, when we go to the hood and we go to the trailer park or something and we say, hey, we can help you change your life. They don't need to have 50, 60 stacks. They don't need all those bands. I'm like, listen, we did. We did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, so that's really, you know, my version of success, you know, like, yeah, I could throw, I, I could take. You know, a bunch of money and throw it at, at you know my problems, but it's like, how would I be able to then help the person in the hood who has four bucks in their pocket? I don't, I don't think I can be a good resource because I'm gonna say, well, you got twenty grand? Oh no, well then I can't help you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, to me, that's what you know, ultimate success is being able to build something from the ground up, and you know, just being had having that confidence, understanding you know you can start and not have the skills, and just. By doing, you will, you know, learn the skills or, you know, you'll come across somebody who would love to fucking do that shit for you. Right. That's fire, dude. A uh, couple things I heard I want to sum up. Like, essentially, it sounds like a huge indicator of your success is being able to lead by example, being able to create something and have someone see it, have someone see your work that you put in the work, got to where you're at, and that looks attainable to them. I just want to say, you did that for me. And it's crazy. I, like, and I'm not brown. Like, I'm not white as shit. But, like, I, like, it's just that type of thing, right? It's like, you did something, and you were, you know, you didn't think anything of it. Like, you were just fucking putting out shit and throwing it out there, and whoever wants to see it can. But, like, I saw it, and I resonated with that shit, and I went and did shit because that was a huge motivator. So, like, again, don't I appreciate you sharing that. That's, that's crazy. Like, and another thing that I um, call for you that you were talking about your version of success is like you, you're essentially saying like you started your business purposefully not putting a lot of money into the business and you want to prove to yourself, you and your business partners want to prove to yourself that like, yo, we can do it with no money. And that's powerful to me because it's, it almost says like, Yo, if I went back to zero tomorrow, like, 
I'm cool. Like I got the skills. I know I know how to go from zero to something. I did it already. So I think that's awesome too. Like that's a great reason, like a great way to think about success. Is like it's not driven by money. Like it doesn't fucking money's cool. Yeah, and you need it. But like you can also start with nothing and gain. You know, get rolling. So. Yeah, it's real. That's it. <laughs> real. Okay. And so next next thing I want to go over. So you put me on to a book called Start With Why. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Start With Why is fire. It's so fire. Simon Sinek, you dropping hella books. Yeah, dude. I listen to his podcast. It's so fire, bro. Um, so one of the main takeaways I had from that book, I'm sure you had something similar, is like emotional investment is a good thing. And... I never really like understood that until I read that book. So I guess I want to ask you like, is there is there a strength in emotional investment, and do you think there's like a line to be drawn in when emotional investment is a bad thing or going to like? I guess is there times when emotional investment is a strength, and is there times when it's a weakness? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's actually a great question. Uh, is emotional investment a good thing? I would say it 100% is a good thing. But however, there is definitely a threshold, right? Um, because ultimately, you know, we are, you know, we like to think we're logical beings, but we're not. We're not. <laughs> we're not. So because we're emotional beings, we try to, you know, use our logical side. So I would say, yes, emotional investment is very important. However, I feel like you should not get drunk on your emotions to the point where you're doing things out of you know just pure like oh i'm just i'm so stuck to this i'm so invested in this and sometimes you know fuck your feeling right like like you want to you want it to work a certain way but like sometimes it's not gonna happen that way so i would say um you need to have that you know that emotional investment however i think that with your emotional investment you should make sure that you're still depositing things into your logical um your logical make at the same time. Understood. Um, and then go from there. That's kind of what I would say I how I look at emotional investment. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's kind of what um yeah I would kind of put it as. I would say it has to like emotional investment is absolutely a good thing. Like if you don't want to do something, like if you didn't want to start like if you didn't like your business, like at least sometimes there you wouldn't you wouldn't do the best work that you want to do. Right? Of course, and there's I think there's like an like a sense of you know emotional intelligence that needs to be there too. Like you need to know when your emotions are working in your favor, yeah. and when they're working out of your favor, and like for like when it comes to like discipline, like doing the shit that you need to do, like that's basically when you have to use the logical side of your brain and tell your emotions like, all right, chill, like. I'm scared or I don't feel like going out and working out today, but like, I know it's good for me. Like there's no amount of emotion that's going to tell me that working out is a bad idea. Like not working out for a month is a good idea. Like that's just, that's not, it's not correct. Like, you know what I mean? So I guess I agree with you in the sense that emotional investment is super fucking important and it's like necessary. Like, Oh, 100%. We're not, you're not going to get where you're trying to go if you don't have emotion. But at the end of the day, if you get drunk on your emotions, like you said, you're almost fucked. Because then you're almost, you're not even questioning what you're doing. Yeah. You're not even using the logical side. You're just doing shit because it feels good. And yeah. that's a 
thing, bro, that a lot of people, I think, have some. Oh, yeah. You know? That dopamine will, oh, I should have fucked you up. Right, right. <laughs> you just get in a rut, and it's, before, before you know it, you've been doing, you know, you're drinking every day for a year, and it's like, oh, shit, fuck. Like, yeah, what happened? Where'd, happened? Where'd the time go? Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Another question I got. So, like, what are some what are some habits that you've implemented in your daily life, either, you know, business, personal, whatever you got for me? I mean, what, what are some shit? What are some shits? What are some Johns that have helped you <laughs> and moved you forward in your life? You know, I got, I would say for me, it would be like, I love to read. I'm super fortunate to love to read. I don't think a lot of people have that emotional investment in reading, even though it's a good thing to do regardless. Yeah. Like running, things like that. Like I love to do those things, and I'm just lucky that I made them have it. So what are some things that you try? Well, before I want to say something, before I get into that, that's fire that you like to read. I do like to read. Um, I've noticed, though, that I don't like to read very long books. Like I, use, I, do, I used to do a lot of audio books. Um, that's my personal opinion. I still read like a lot of business articles or whatever, but something about my level of impatience, something about having to pick, something about picking up the book and just being like, just fucking get to the end. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just so for me, like, yeah. So like for me, like if I read a book, it's either like I'm either super into it and I'm like, damn, like I want to get to the end, or I'm just like, fuck this, get to the end, and I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Right. I just looked at black marks on these pages for like two hours or whatever. So that's definitely dope. Um, but I would say habits that you know have helped me grow as an individual definitely is um making big commitments without having no fucking clue on how you were going to get them done. Um, and I say they have to be commitments because if you if they're commitments, then you're like I'm going to do it. Then once you're once you tell your brain, listen, we're going to do this. Everything else after that is going to fall into place. Now, I, I'm, I'm, you're not going to know what you need to do. Honestly, I didn't know how the fuck I was going to get here, to be honest. I was like, wow, you know, you said that. And I was like, yes. And then I was like, dude, why the fuck did you say yes to that? And like, you realize how much shit you have to do? And I was like, yeah, I, I know, but I'm going to figure it out. I was like, I'm going to figure it out. And then, yeah, I was like, it's like, tell yourself you're going to do something and the how will present yeah yeah um definitely that's definitely i would say my probably the my biggest habit to help me grow, help me in growing i would say another one this might sound really wonky um is focusing on my primary goal and um letting my instincts take care of everything else so i wake up and i'm like listen i am blessed to have food in my refrigerator and whatnot and do all those things so i don't wake up i don't focus on it i focus on what i have to get done and I'm sitting here like, listen, my body will get thirsty and my body's going to take me to wherever the water is into my house to drink it. So I'm not worried about, oh, am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? Because I'm blessed enough to not have to worry about that. So then I'm not worried about who's doing what in Brazil or the vid or bad. I'm not worried about any of that because, like, honestly, there's billions of people. I got one brain. That shit is way too big for me. Like, I can't. I can't be fucking with that. So I just focus on whatever I'm focused on, and then everything else that is important, like I said, will just take care of itself. And how I look at it, it's a priority, and my subconscious is going. It's a priority in my subconscious, and I keep it on my conscious brain enough. It's going to get done. Yes. So I liked one thing that you said about that. You didn't necessarily think it would happen, but I think it really is. And this is something that I. Definitely, definitely like 
one of the biggest things that helped me transform like my life, honestly, and it's it I would I would say it's a habit or you know a, a state of mind, a mindset almost is just like focusing on what you can control. Like so many people want to know all about like holy shit, like what's going on over here, what's going on over there, like yeah. and it's like bro, that that shit, like you you just spent two hours reading news articles. Where did you like? How is that good? How can you like think that's good for you? Yeah, mental man. That exactly. mental masturbation will leave your brain fucked. Man. <laughs> like it really will. I've done, I've, dude, I've done it before. I've just been reading article after article. Like last year, oh my god, I, I probably read enough to go around your house. But like it was just like I don't, I don't know what the fuck I was reading. It was just. Real estate market is this, the vid this, doom and gloom over here. All oh, these people are getting rich. And I was like, dude, what the fuck am I actually doing? Yeah. I was like, nothing got done. I was like, dude, you read two trillion words, but like, what knowledge did you actually gain? He's like, dude, I don't know. First off, the first, third, and fifth articles contradicted the second, fourth, and sixth. So I don't even know what I'm even, I'm like, you know what, fuck it. Let me just go back to what I was talking about. And yeah, if. If drones come and drop bombs or whatever, what the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> if you know that or if you don't know that, it doesn't matter. Like, you're dead. Like, you're dead regardless. So, like, I, like, I love that. Like, it's just that mindset shift for me had a huge impact. Like, I, I remember I used to just think about, like, oh, my God, like, what, what, are, these, what are these people going to think? Or what are they going to think? And it's like, I, I can't control that. And, like, once you shift your values to shit that you can control and not like, holy shit, this, like, I value money or I value people, like people's thoughts. Like once you don't worry about that shit and you worry about like, am I doing hard work? Am I being a good person? Like am I treating people well? Yeah. It all changes. Your whole life, like mentality perspective, I feel. Fucking, yeah, it does. And then I would say my last, I guess, I don't even know if it's really, I guess it's a habit. Um. Because I actually know a lot of people who do this, and it fucking ugh, kills me. Like, I don't know how many people I see. They will be 50 for 50 and fucking take themselves out the game. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Right. Dude, yeah, but I'm, I'm, yeah, but I've been balling. I'm like, yo, keep fucking going. I'm like, dude, stop, keep going until you're the ball. I, I don't know why you're on fire and you're going to take yourself out. Right. It's like, I don't, why would you do that? Yeah, it's like you get, uh, you get complacent with, with enough success. I was literally just like, on, I was on a run today at like 11.30, 11.45, and I was listening to Andy Purcell podcast. I talk about this podcast like all the time in my show. I fucking love Andy Purcell's podcast. Word. And I think everyone should listen to it. Like, if you're in the game of winning, if you are interested in being a better person winning, listen to that shit because it drops some straight fire all the time. Word. I gotta, I gotta put that on my list. I don't right. think, I don't think I've ever. Oh, he's fired. But what I was saying is, like, there's a guy on there, and they were talking all about getting complacent after you win. And he was like, yeah, like, they have a mentorship program called Arte Syndicate, where they have a bunch of entrepreneurs that sign up, you know, get mentorships, et cetera. And he was like, yeah, like, I see kids all the time. Like, they're, like, two, three years in business, like, crushing it. And then, you know, a year later, they're just, like, in the same spot or, like, a little bit further down because they just, like, chill. And they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm doing all right. I got enough. We got steady revenue, blah, blah, but it's like and the second you stop trying to be better, the second you stop trying to grow, 
your fucking, fucking competitors, whoever is trying to eat your lunch, will get their hands on that shit. Yeah, they will. Like, yeah, they will. And that's the fact. <laughs> oh. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, give me some recommendations. What books, podcasts, any material that you recommend to someone that wants to be better in, in the space of like personal development? We can get into business in a bit, um, but you know, more more specifically, you know, podcasts, audiobooks, whatever you listen. So if I was uh, gonna say books, podcasts, audiobooks, whatever, in terms of shit to really help uh, you, you know, start or get to that next level, um, I would definitely. Um, it might. I don't know how popular this might be a played out one, but the solo art not giving a fuck was. It was too. It's too much heat. Um, and I just think it was because of you know, like I was like, wow, you know, what? I feel you, bro. Like, yeah, like if I go out here and fuck up, like. No one's going to fucking remember. Right. Because somebody right now missed a goal in soccer, and I don't give any fucks about it. (laughs) So, yeah, you know what? I was like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I might as well just do that. So, I would definitely say uh, The Star Not Giving a Fuck is definitely one of the books that really put me on. Uh, 10X Massive Action by Grant Cardone. Honestly, that was probably... I feel like I can put so many books underneath just that title alone. Um, Then there's obviously... I think you always have, like... The, the the what do you call like those staple books like uh rich dad poor dad gonna, poor dad uh you know you always have that one um think and grow rich oh, that's always a good one compound effects i want to talk about think and grow rich real quick i love how like so much of that book is just around like just have like have a plan and just execute on it like yeah it's so fire he just he makes it sound so simple he's like just do these actions. actions. Yeah. Put put things on paper and do that. And you will be better off. And this is fat. Yeah, like I just think it's it's ridiculous. So I would say that the compound effect by Darren Hardy. Okay. Um that's another good one because yeah, I, I would just say, you know, I, I thought that one actually was Yeah, 10X and Compound Effect were probably my two biggest in terms of audiobooks because you know, 10X massive action, I don't care what nobody says, if you go out with the intent to to just try and get better, it is impossible for you to not get better. Like there is, there is no way. Like if you swing your hardest at a like a at a punching bag, like there is no way that like if you do that for two years, that like two years from now that your haymaker is not gonna be stronger. <laughs> like I'm thinking, nah, like that's that's not, not possible. So you know, just you know, just having that continuous action. Um, from the compound effect, I was like, dope. And then the 10x massive, 10x, 10x massive action was just like, yo, just if I just go as if like I'm the fucking goat of everything, I will eventually get there. And if I don't, I'm going to try so hard that my failure is going to obliterate so many other people's successes out of the water. Um, so I would say those are probably books. I would say now, besides those, actually, I got some more books in here. Fuck it. Let's just, let's just see. Uh, Limitless. That one's fire. Leaders Eat Last. Um, I heard of that one. Yeah, that one's, that one's fucking crazy. I was actually listening to part of that on the way, on my way here. Um, and then in terms of podcasts, um, it's kind of, I don't, I don't want to like, Sound like I'm giving neck or whatever. I think your podcast is actually really fire. No, I'm dead serious because it's like, um, you know, like I I know that you know you just started it or whatever, but like it's dope because I'm like wow, like 
you're really out there and you're really saying shit. Like I seems like seems like I know who you are. I'm like, nah, like I, he's not lying to you, right? So like I definitely would say your podcast is up there. Um Brad Lee. Um, dropping bombs is up there. Um trying to think. Other other podcasts that I really fucked with um that aren't really really most of the podcasts I listen to are, are mostly investor related. Um I did not. I have to I'll probably have to get on that one too, dude. I'm, I'm hoping to learn mad shit from you. Uh to be honest. Um another one, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of real estate, but they also do a lot of self development. Uh, it's called wholesaling inc. Um they do a lot of um self development. They talk a lot about business, but they also talk a lot about spiritual enlightenment or being a good person, that's one too. And then on um, Yeah, Bigger Pockets is always a good good podcast. They have some good self development and um, non-investor uh, content. Um, Ed Milet's podcast is yeah, it's fucking crazy. Um, that's probably one of my favorite podcasts as well. Um, so that's probably where um I get my podcasts and my audio books. Those are probably some of the ones that really, really changed how I uh, how I like viewed things. I got you. Um, all right. So wait, that's a perfect segue. Weird. What are some what are some major things that have happened to you? So from like major life events, either good or bad, yeah, that have had like a huge impact on you. And you know, you could have either you could I obviously either realize at the time that it's gonna have a huge impact on you, or it could be something that at the time might have seemed so small. Like for me, when I picked up seven habits of highly effective people, like I had no idea that that was going to be the catalyst for like me not, you know, me losing 60 pounds and starting to read all these books and just like get after it so much more. So I'm curious, like, do you have anything that you acknowledge that has helped you have a huge, you know, shift in perspective or mindset, anything like that? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh man, uh, this, I was a fucking idiot when I was 23. I did some real dumb shit. (laughs) Um, I can I can confirm. Hey, <laughs> I, I graduated and I did I didn't really want to be in school no more. But right. my mom really wanted me to graduate mm-hmm. um, and shit like that. So I was like, you know, I'm already here. I was I like the fraternity river. So I was like, listen, fucking just graduate. You're a junior. If you quit now, you're gonna have just as much debt as the people who graduate right. with no credentials. That's dumb as fuck. <laughs> so you might as well just finish. So I finished, and then I realized I fucking hated it. <laughs> I hated. I had a regular job, and I was like, "Dude, this cannot." I went to work at a call center. It wasn't like a terrible job, but I was like, "Dude, there is no way." I was like, "There has to be something better in my life than this mm. shit." So, um, quitting your job. I quit my job, but see, my girlfriend now, wife, she lived two hours away from me, and she worked in the medical field, and she already had a job, so she had. She signed one of those contracts or whatever where you had to like stay in the same spot for like five years. Or if you leave, you got to lose your signing bonus or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So her job was better and made more money. So I was like, well, fuck it. I don't really have anything here. I got my homies are here or whatever, but I'm really trying to experience something new. And being there, I just felt like I was just going to be one of the homies on the block chilling because that's what my friends were doing at that time. So right. I felt like that's where I was going to be. So I just uprooted and left. Now that wasn't the reason why I was fucking dumb. Real I quick, where did you leave and where did you go? Uh, from the valley, so Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, okay. to York, okay. Pennsylvania. So now I live in the sticks, pretty much. 
Um, but the reason why that was a such a stupid move, um, I quit my job. I had very little savings. And I went to a job that was commission based. So fuck that was dumb as fuck. So like I, I had no money. But I was like, dude, I have to do this. Um and it was, you know, I was like, I'm gonna go out here and just, you know, see how it's like. So I quit the job and the way the situation was set up, long story short, the way my in law's parents my in law's house was set up, they had like a side house, I guess so to speak, with like an extension to the property and there was a bedroom, bathroom living room, all that. The only thing we had to share was the kitchen. So I was thinking like, dude, you cannot quit this job because you live with your girl's parents. If you quit this job, dude, you're a fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. Now the job was a management training program. So the whole point of it was to work six days a week because the whole point was if everyone works five days, you work six, you should smoke everybody and get mm -hmm. faster, to get to where you're trying to get to faster. So I worked six days a week already. And I probably worked 12 hours a day because of just how it was a management because it was a management training program and it showed you how to learn how to run your own business. The hours were so long because it was like, well, if you want to be a business owner, they're grooming you to fucking work all day. That's what you gotta do. <laughs> so that was um the job. So I was so I took that job and because I took it, it was fucking hard to try to find another job mm. because not only was I working a long time. I was a fucking idiot. I didn't really, like I said, I make commitments and don't really think about the details. This job I committed to was like f fucking 55 minutes from my house. <laughs> One way. Okay. So I was so two hours a day just to get to and from work. Then I was there for 10 to 12 hours a day. So, yeah, honestly, I was like, you know, I did like the job. Though. I liked the skills I was learning. Right. They gave me dope shit. So, um... I quit that job and I quit my job, went to this new job. I was the fucking doing door to door sales, bro. Yeah. And I, dude, I was so glad I did that shit. Like rain, sleet, snow, it didn't fucking matter. I was slinging fucking door to door products. It was mainly Verizon, okay. um, Files, and uh, Inspire Energy, which is like a clean tech company. Um, I don't know mm -hmm. if it's illegal to mention them on the podcast or not. I have no, I have no idea. Um, but yeah. Um, Sorry, I was uh, <laughs> I was I was working for them door to door, and yeah, that's I think that was one of my biggest moments because the grind had to be so ridiculous because the, the setup of the job first off, if you weren't the team leader for the day, you got dropped off. So like somebody would drop you off in somebody's neighborhood and they say, okay, I'll meet you back here in six hours. So yeah, you were just, just going. So at that point, I was like, well, dude, I can either stand here and bitch or knock on fucking doors facts right so yeah that was you know and like i said because of the being outside it was so much unfortunate shit mm. unfortunate well unfortunate shit um you know had to just prepare it just taught me to prepare for so much shit i was like dude well i mean it's sunny out but yo it might rain you never know right and you know you're walking out of there with your tablets and you have the channel guides and shit and their paper so if it rains and shit your presentation fucks because now you're handing someone a soggy channel guy your sales pitch looks real shitty now <laughs> so you just came up with so many ways to just like i don't know how many times i went to the field with no food no water just getting dropped off and coming back i'm like yeah you guys want this apple pie how the fuck did i get this i don't fucking know but i'm out Finesse. here <laughs> but i'm out here and it, but it was just, but it, you just learned so many of those things from that job so i would definitely say uh, that working door to door job that was definitely one of the hugest impacts in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Besides that, selling insurance, that was the stupidest decision in my entire life. Not saying if you like selling insurance that you, you're a bad person, but I didn't really like it. I just, I, I liked the money and you know, and that's when I didn't have good spiritual. That's what let me know. I wasn't a good person spiritually. I was selling insurance to make money. And I was like, dude, you realize you're selling life insurance policies to people who are trying to like protect their families from like hardships or at least mitigate that hardship. And you're over here worrying about some money. Like, are you sure, bro, that you should be like doing these jobs? I'm like, dude, like you can't be hard closing these people because you just want a premium. Like, do they actually need that coverage or do you just want to put food on your table? I don't I don't know if you're doing it correctly and yeah so i would say that was another just that was another point in my um i know someone who sells insurance like that yeah <laughs> do you what do you i don't know if you know who i'm talking about sells insurance like that we'll, we'll talk about it later <laughs> all right cool cool all right no, so no. there was that um and i think um now i'm over it so like i'm not like yeah not over like it still fucking sucks mm-hmm. but it's been a while now and i've I've learned I've learned to cope with it and I've looked at it on the spreadsheet. I was like, well, I guess this statistically was going to probably happen sometime in the future. But I was the only child and my mom was single and then she passed away. So like when that happened, like it was a, it was it was a and my dad, he, he my dad is not a bad person, but he made some bad decisions in his life. and He wasn't there as much as he should have been. So because of that, when she passed away, it really made me understand i was like dude like you gotta fucking work dude because uh there's like once that happened i felt like it was like before that i was like i knew the world was cold or whatever but like it was like oh well you know i always got my mom to go back to but then once that happened it was like nah bro what are you going to do now i was like yeah you have your wife or whatever but like you have to like you know provide for her and make sure you're you know being a good asset for her in her relationship so if I'm down and fucked up, I'm probably just bringing her down, right? So that once I once that happened, I was like, dude, like there is that unconditional love of you. Know, no matter what, you can go. But nah, I lost that. So once I realized that, I would say that was probably the biggest thing that changed my life. Um, because I I watched my mom and I see how many things she could have done, but she didn't do because she was worried about other people mm. and she was like well i want to do this but like who's gonna take care of so and so and i'm like and then like just as like the as the clean out the house and everything and all those things were playing i was like you know what i'm not going to as much as as much thing great things as my mom taught me i think that was one of her best lessons was showing me what she did not do with her life so i'm just like wow i know now that i'm not going to pass if i think i have a gift or any, i'm going to try to fucking put it out there. I don't care if it offends somebody or whatever, how I look at it. If those people that you are thinking about really do love you and care for you, they want you to be happy in your reality, not their reality. Bro. (laughs) That was some fucking heat, dude. That was some heavy shit. I'm not even gonna lie. Like, that's that's interesting. So let me ask you, after the whole thing with your mom, I mean, were you already in business at that point or was that a sort of a motivator a driving factor in why you wanted to get into business i mean well i was i was into the entrepreneurial space but mm-hmm. i was when when she was still alive i was 
working to try to get to like working for myself. Yep. And that's when I was doing like the door to door contract and get contracting with bigger companies, trying to leverage their platform to just, you know, try to learn some skills and make money at the same time. Then, you know, when it, when her health went, you know, south pretty quickly, that's like, it was like decided to start our real estate, like the real estate thing. Probably two months into that whole process. Now we were doing like the basic things like filing, like looking at websites to like find like how to apply for LFC, like very yeah. basic things. Yeah. And then that happened. And then that's when I was like, well, you know, it was kind of weird, you know, that, you know, I started this business and then like that happened. I was like, I felt like there was a reason that I had to start this. Like, I, I, I didn't like, I was like thinking about, I was like, yeah, I want to do it. But then like once that happened, I was like, I think like the higher power is telling you, bro, that you have to do this Yeah. because there is no going back. And to be honest, I am fucking lazy. I do not like to listen to anybody else. So because of that, I was just like, dude, I can't have a job because not because I'm actually lazy, like, oh, I can't work. But I'm just like, dude, I have no problem picking up the boxes. But now because you told me to pick up the boxes, I don't want to fucking pick up those boxes. (laughs) And I realized that about myself. So I was like, dude, yeah, you're going to have to because I did. I'm not going to lie. I ran. I was running trains on interviews, dude. I don't know how many jobs I got from like. 16 to 19, I think I may have had 20 jobs. Dude, just Jesus. left and right. Like, I just, and that lack of discipline was okay because my mom kind of looked at it like, well, he always has a job. He just can't keep one. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, he's trying. So, like, if I was like, mom, listen, um, I quit that job and I, she would like help me out or whatever. So, uh, that event was like, let me know, like, dude, you have to do this business because. Dude, this is going to be the only thing that's going to allow you to have that kind of autonomy where, yeah, it's an entity, but it's an entity that I created with my business partner. So I feel like it's an extension of us. So it's almost like this is almost like the not replacement, but this is like the, I guess, a supplement to that unconditional love that I was getting from her. It's like, well, listen, this is my business. My business is mine. I, I'll be damned if my own business is like, yo, I'm not helping you through the situation. So if like if I came on a hard situation now financially or something, I know that like I can go to my entity and like right. fix that. Whereas before that was my mom's like, I guess, role in my life. Not, not just, that wasn't her only role, but like but that was like if I if I had that like, dude, you kinda made a mistake. How are you gonna fix this? You kinda need a couple hundred bucks. That was my default. Right. Um security blanket so i would say those top three events were probably definitely um the biggest my biggest um things but dude actually no there's another one uh so i don't know i don't know what they i don't know what they do anymore uh but um legend dude like dude that shit was crazy yeah like we, I was, we could go off on that i don't like, think they do I don't think for a long time they do any of this shit anymore. Like yeah. nothing, nothing like anything we went through. You know that's been squashed for a while. Yeah, put that out there right now for the record. <laughs> yeah, so like that was one of the biggest things because I was like, dude, you did that. Yeah. So I'm like, if you did that voluntarily too, yes. I'm like, why the fuck are you bitching about some fucking paperwork right now? Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. You remember the you remember the hosting? You remember the basement? I'm like, you know what? <laughs> this is not even that bad. You know what? 
I was bitching about this. I was bitching about this paperwork, but shit, you know what? This paperwork looking real good right now after I thought about that shit. <laughs> so wait, I want to go off on that real quick. So I, I remember I heard that exact same perspective when I was in school, maybe like junior year, and I talked to an alumni. I think his name was, I think it was Sully. Do you know Sully? Yeah. So Sully, obviously most people watching this don't know. He's now like a pretty successful guy. He's like a CFO of a, a nonprofit in Philly and does pretty well for himself. And he always, you know, he told me he was like, you know, I didn't mind staying late and doing the bitch work for people because he was like, I just did way worse bitch work for people. <laughs> like I did way worse bitch work for people when I was a when I was a pledge and shit like that. And like obviously <laughs> people, you know, will say, oh my god, it's terrible what they make you go through this that. Like yeah, it's it's not. It's not enjoyable. It's not supposed to be enjoyable. Like it's not. supposed to make you hate your life. Like that's what yeah. it's supposed to do. You're supposed to. It's supposed to build your mental toughness. I Thanks. mean, <laughs> like I wanted to talk about um, what you were talking about in your door to door sales shit. Like that act of get it. Like <laughs> I can't even imagine. First off, like, I work from home. I wake up at eight thirty. I mean, I don't. I I try to wake up at, like six o'clock and get my shit done. But like I could get away with waking up at 8 30 rolling out of bed and like logging on it's like for you to tell me you get driven to a neighborhood no food no water dropped off and said all right go sell some shit we'll see you in six hours yeah. and rain <laughs> snow sleet or shine and you just like you don't have an option there. like you have to go do it for yeah you are fired <laughs> And that builds a lot of, like, that's an interesting scenario because it builds a lot of mental toughness and teaches yeah. you a good mindset towards that type of shit. Dude, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that door-to-door shit. Like, I mean, like, the money was cool and the experiences were cool, but, like, dude, like, and I, and I guess the reason why it was such a huge thing and, you know, because it, it was a commission-based job. Yeah. So nobody knew what you were, like, it was a commission-based job. You got jumped on. Right. You didn't have to do anything because nobody knew. Like, they would drop you off and say, listen, uh, it's 2 o'clock. I'll meet you at 15. I'm like, all right, cool. So, in theory, you could have just stood there and just macked out all day on the block. And it just <laughs> and they could just pick you up. And you could have been like, yeah, I'll, today was so-and-so. Yeah, but you could have just lied to them because you were the only one that actually knew what happened. Right. So, like, that just whole, like, I don't know how many times, dude, I wanted to fucking quit that shit. But I was like, dude, you're just... Where the fuck are you, dude? You can't quit this shit because someone dropped you the fuck off. What are you like? What are you? You don't have any out right now unless you're calling a fucking Uber. And and because I lived 55 minutes from my job, I didn't live 55 minutes like ah traffic like it was 55 minutes smooth on 83. So you were driving. It was not close. Like, and I mean, I know you're big into running. Fuck out of here. I I I was there. Even if I was like, oh, I'm running home from that distance. I would have been running like half an ultra at that point. And I'm like, dude, like that is so far away. I am not quitting to walk. Yeah. And because they dropped you off there, you would have to go back to the office. And if you did quit and then like the way the celebrate, like the way it went, like we would have like this thing called the bell party. And like after, yeah, after everyone had their days, you would like, hey, would you run into in the field? All right. You had knocked on. 27 doors or you knocked on 60 doors you had 27 people come out you had pitched to 27 of them three of them came into presentations one became a closed uh looks like you're 
intro to short story into presentations a little low. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try to figure out tomorrow how to bump that number up. That's so, a good, that's a good uh, way to approach that stuff. Yeah. Retrospective. So like, because they had those kind of things, we would break our days down like that. And then after that, we would have like, there was these things they would throw in the middle of the office floor. And it was pretty much like, um, it was like everybody would kind of, there was like, I forgot it was like a bell. And it was like a gong. And then there was like this little tiny bell. And pretty much it signified how well you did that day. So like the little bell was like, ah, you got like one little baby ass sale. <laughs> The the blue bell was like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, you did all right. You had you you did, you had two sales, you good. Then like the gong was like three or four. Then like if you um because we took a lot of notes in the office, so everyone always had notebooks and shit on them. So like if you threw your notebook on the floor, that means you had five sales. Damn. All that kind of shit like that. So, you know, it was one of those things where if you quit and didn't do shit, you were cool, but then you were gonna go to the office and get smacked in the face because you're gonna be like, damn, someone's gonna ring that bell. So it lets me know that they actually went out here and tried and I was a bitch. <laughs> that's competition, right? Yeah. Competition as a motivator. Yeah. Some some people argue that it's not good in the workplace. Some people argue that it is. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and argue both sides, but like that's that's what that company was doing, saying like, yo, look at what these people did. What are you doing? Type shit. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the reason why it was a great it was such a good place because like the the areas we covered were they were in they were in an area code so it wasn't like i was doing door to door in like this area in this neighborhood and you were five hours somewhere right. else everybody was in the same area so you couldn't even try to say oh it was cold out i'm like dude that he almost said it <laughs> yeah i'm like he was like that homie was only like three blocks away from you bro and they dropped him off i mean was it was it was it was the water that much was the ring that much wetter for you than it was for him really bro <laughs> no nah, i just think you're a weak bitch and you just mad as fuck because he or she wasn't and you are so you're mad as fuck now right. so i felt like just the way the job was it just it created so much character because you couldn't like you couldn't oh man you just couldn't like if you gave up you could but like you would like the only person you fucked over was yourself right and that feeling of yo i just fucked myself over i was like man i don't like this feeling and then ever since then yeah i just when i hated it but i was like dude you gotta you gotta keep going because you can't quit because what do you look like right quitting your job living in your in-laws house Mm -hmm. like that no dude (laughs) like yeah that doesn't show well right Yeah, I was like, so because I just I just tucked it out, stayed there until I found something that suited me better, which insurance was not that, but I thought it was. Well, that's um, I mean, so I mean, talking about shit that suits you better. Obviously, now you got your own business, and yeah. you know, it seems like it's going fairly well. I mean, from what I've seen, just you know, in terms of like your Instagram content and shit, like you guys have been get crushing it this year. I mean, way more than you yeah. have been in the past. Yeah. yeah so man. real quick. Take me through before we get into like how you're crushing it now. Take me through like beginning, like first year or so in business from idea to like functioning business model you have now. Like what what does that what did that look like for you? You know, I'm sure you had a couple partners, shit like that. Yeah. So, so from where we were at from where we were to where we're at now, how it pretty much started. When did you start? Oh, uh, so Real estate in general, we started May 2019. Okay. Uh, and that's, I say that because we closed on our first duplex and we house hacked that um, 
So we had a duplex, we had a garage in the back. So we rented out the garage to, you know, somebody else. And then we had it downstairs. And then mm-hmm. me and my wife, we lived upstairs. Smart. Um, and then Roger, my other business partner, he actually lived out in the Philadelphia area. Um, he was our other business partner. You know, he was my homeboy. Now, I was actually working. Um, actually, I, I did actually fall off of that entrepreneur spirit. I did actually went back. I did actually go back and get an hourly job. Um, and it was all right. And then he hit me up. And it was weird because he was hitting me up. And I was... You were house hacking during... No, 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 no. Okay. Like, to, to how it started was, I know I'm all over the place, but yeah, cool. um, how that business started was, you know, he was, like, on that, like, dude, you should get lit. And I'm like, dude, no, I'm trying to fucking have my family tree look like a fucking sequoia, bro. <laughs> so, because of that, like, I can't be fucking drinking. I still do that or whatever, but I'm like, nah, see, you guys are getting lit way too frequent. I cannot do that. So, he hit me up. He was like, dude, like, you want to start a business? And I was like, well, yeah. And he's like, yeah, like. I had no idea what sure. he was talking about. <laughs> he was like, yeah, let's do like a rental business or whatever. So like that was that that initial that initial spark was the end of 2018. He just hit me up out of nowhere. Okay. And then we had a we had him. It was me, him, and we had a third partner. He was our homeboy. He's we're still cool with him. And he was, let's just say he liked the idea. Of not the execution. Yeah, he liked the idea of being a boss. He didn't like the cost of that. Mm-hmm. So we were homies, and we at the time we weren't we weren't prudent, you know, in our um in our in our decision making. So we kind of just would like we kind of just drug him along. Um, we were like, yeah, you know, kind of centered everything around him. He seemed to be lost, least committed. So we tried to you know build all of our meetings around him and everything like that. So it kind of slowed us down. So then, long story short, he just was like, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. So then we were like, well, dude, what are we going to do? Did you have an LLC at this point or is this we, pre-LLC? We did have one, okay. but it was with him and then he quit. So I was like, well, we can't yeah. use that one anymore. So what did you dissolve it completely? Yeah, we okay. did eventually dissolve that one. And so we were tripping like, dude, what are we going to do? Because like we made, we started the business with the intent. I was like, let's just have three people, you know, people mm-hmm. start business one with third, their friends. One third, one third. Yeah, like all that shit. And, and like, and like for us, we, we didn't have, and the reason why we were tripping is because we didn't have, we were trying to get into rentals then. We didn't know about, you know, we didn't have the knowledge we have now. So we didn't really have a plan. So our plan was to get started. We knew we weren't going to get approved. I was working commission jobs for years. My credit at that time was uh, not that great. Mm-hmm. Um, was he in the same situation credit wise? Like not crazy good? Yeah. Like but the, 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 our third business part at that time, he had probably the best credit. So what we were, our play, we were, I remember we were literally talking about like putting our shit up for collateral mm-hmm. because we're like, yo, we are not going to get approved. So let's just see if we can like get a loan from somewhere else. And I'm just, I was like, yo, I'll put up my car and whatever the fuck like, I own. Like hard money. Like yeah. Hard or money something money. like something. I was like, I, I, I didn't know what I knew now. So I was like, dude, like, me and Roger were like, yo, let's like, we'll put up our cars or whatever. If we need to get the fund, I don't give a fuck, whatever it is to get started. Um, he wasn't, he wasn't as committed. So we had to split ways. And because we were like, dude, we need somebody to help us like get this, like get this funding for this first property, or we're going to have to put the shit on hold or like sell drugs. I don't know how to fucking get this money this fast. So like, when it's out, trap it out. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know what the fuck we're going to do. And then I was like, well, he's like, yeah, like we need a third business partner. Now, 
this is probably I know we talked about this earlier. This is like that weird that weird ass dynamic that you brought up earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I started this voyage by myself, so I was you know trying to stretch myself in terms of my um, spiritual limit and all those things. And my my wife was not on that wave, so there was a weird time where like I was working. She was just like, "Were you married at the time?" No, okay. we were just together. Just together. Um, but we were together I think five years at okay. four or five years at that point. So, so pretty sure you were gonna. Be yeah, yeah. Uh, we I had at that point had no intention on leaving her, and I don't right. think she had any intention on leaving me. I think yeah. so. Like we ended up getting married, but I think we weren't gonna split regardless. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the feeling. That we we kind of had there, um, so see, what we talking about? What oh, we were talking about uh, you starting your business. You oh yeah, taking her on as business partner. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, so she wasn't on this, and I was doing door to door, and all, she was she was just working her nine to five. She's like, you, yeah, dude, you're you're grinding. What the fuck? You're not. There's no money. This is stupid. What's going on? Yeah, I was making some money here and there, but I was impulsive as fuck and blew the shit. She didn't see the vision. Yeah, she yeah. didn't see that. So because of that. There was always there was this really crazy tension between us already. For sure. And by the, and this was after my mom passing. So now I was in this weird dynamic where I was very loose with the money I did make. Mm. And I was very un, I was very undisciplined as well. So being tight being loose with your money and being undisciplined in a commission based system it doesn't fucking work. No. <laughs> no. You're you're gonna you're gonna see a whole bunch of A's and V's, and that's what happened. So there would be times where I would just get money, but I was so impulsive, I would just blow it. So she kind of was the smart one with the with the money. So she kind of handled more things. So because of that, I had to make a play. I was like, dude, you're going down this path of you know, and you're not quitting. You're not going to stray off the path. Mm-hmm. So I was like, dude, I do need. I was like, I feel like I need a third business partner. I was like, yo, her credit score is fucking amazing. <laughs> And I was like, she probably is looking for something to do. I was like, I don't know what she is doing. I know she liked her job, but like, I felt like she saw me doing my shit. And I think it kind of made her mad because she didn't have anything to like make her want to like do what I was doing to be like, yo, you're really out here and you're like getting shitted on. But you're just like, why are you so like, why are you loving this? You're so fucking driven. Like, (laughs) what are you like? What is making you so so driven? So like, then I was like, well, I was like, dude. We're on the phone. I was like, dude, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask Kate. I'm gonna see if she'll do it. And then she was just like, Well, yeah, what do I need to do? I was like, all right, this is what you need to do. And like, and the whole point of it was, you know, me and Roger saw something. We're like, yo, we can get this done. And then she kind of was like the one to help provide some of that infrastructure to help us get there. The organization <clears throat> part of it. Yeah, like. because uh she's the what do you call it? She's like the um I don't, I don't even know what color it is on the battery, but like the the I guess the black one is not live or whatever. Oh, whichever oh. whichever one is not live, she's that one. Right. She's <laughs> like yeah, and then like yeah, me and Roger, like me and Roger will just do something, and we're just like, dude, what the fuck? How'd we get there? Right. Right. So she was that person. So like we were like, well, we need someone to help us get these these uh fundings or whatever. So I asked her. She was, I was like, yeah, you just kind of like probably do these things. Well, like go from here. Um. So. George, no, no, I don't want to his name. He quit him quitting. I was in the 2019, 2020. I mean, I mean, end of 2018, 2019 starts. She jumps on. Now yep. we're in that. We're starting to see momentum, but it's just still those basic, like, oh, we got to prove for 
this license or we got this and you know little small things like that oh we we met up with three lenders we talked to them we like those kind of little small things mm-hmm. um still probably big at the time yeah yeah at the time yeah it was fucking amazing yeah. um so we were doing those things um and then right before we closed on our property that's when my mom passed so when that happened i quit the job i was at just on the spot Damn. <laughs> yeah, and then I went to this other one because it was it, it paid a little bit better, but I hated that one as well. Um, so we closed our rental property. I uh, quit that job. Now I worked at this other place. Fucking hated that as well. Um, had a lot of jobs. Man. Yeah, yeah. Like we actually we didn't close on the property. We got approved for the funding to close on the property. I should yeah. say. So then we're on our way. So then I, I'm moving out of my apartment. Roger did have his. Um, he he. Um, one of our homies met our mentor one time just this one time and like he was like you like they are both eagles fans and he was like dude do you know anyone in philly i have a business out there and i need someone to like help me like get deals out there and our homie was like yeah i i have a i know somebody out there so roger took that um this is how we got introduced to wholesaling oh mm-hmm. uh, we, we did the rentals we didn't know shit about wholesaling so we're like yeah we're just gonna get rentals and just like try to refinance do all those kind of things to right. like level up and then that's when he's like, yeah, like, um, this dude, Adam, that's his name. He was like my mentor. He was like, I still talk to him regularly now. Uh, he was looking for someone to help him, like, with his phone calls and, like, help him, like, with his real estate, like, inbound funneling. So then he's like, yeah, I know someone out there that was Roger. So Roger took that. Now, we were already doing our rental business. So he was like, well, I'm in real estate. So, yeah, I might as well, you know, learn this. And then he was like, yo, do you understand the kind of things I'm seeing? So so then the business world kind of became like he was talking about this weird thing and i was like i don't know what the hell he's talking about yeah but i was like but he seems really fucking lit about it so then he got really good at that so then it got to the point where he got so good at bringing leads to the company they're like yo there's so many of these we need somebody to off these because there we can't there because wow. he's bringing them in so fast that we need someone to just do this and like you're talking like he's bringing them in like he's got it under contract yes. already wow. yeah so like they're so he was doing so many of those for them my mentors had they had other businesses as well so mm-hmm. they're like dude we just don't have the time to try to sell all of these properties and do all this work so then you found your niche yeah so then they were like hey we need someone to help us sell the deals and then they obviously because roger did so much for them they're like do you know anybody and he's like yeah yeah i know a couple of people um so then i kind of inserted myself into the wholesaling world so then like my wife's role kind of became like i said she's more of the the one who stays grounded mm-hmm. like um, administrative sort of like yeah like so yeah, she does that shit and she also is the person who's like we think of something and then she's like yeah that's great but did you really think about these this and this and i'm like you know what yeah if we would have push this button yeah that would have fucked us <laughs> so like that's so that, that that's her role right now and that's really her role mainly for our business because she still has her um her uh, job oh, okay so that's and, and the reason and the reason why we came to that was she had she's keeping her job is i actually quit to work on the business full-time mm-hmm. the reason being she worked at a medical field her job made more money and because i was in the wholesaling like 
firsthand and she was just kind of getting the information from me and Roger, it just made sense for me and Roger to just sit here. I'm like, all right, listen, we're going to just propel this shit forward. And she was going to, she pretty much like, she, she handled a lot of her stuff. Actually, a lot of her stuff in her rental business. She does a lot of that shit okay. because yeah, I mean, it's because like when people leave, you got to fix the place up and shit. And I am way too impatient to like fix yeah. shit. Like I just want to get it done. Yep. And because of that, and you, you, you know, when you want good tenants and you throw floorboards down sloppily, you're not, not gonna, gonna get, you're not gonna get the best tenants. Right. And and for me, I'm just like, dude, I fucking I don't want to do this no more. But she she likes that kind of shit, so she does a lot of that for us. So our business pretty much started out um, keeping everything in house. The reason why we kept everything in house, uh, there was actually a huge reason. I believe in karma. I believe in energy and what kind of energy you put out. I am such a terrible employee. I was put like, and I never I never put in two weeks. Like I quit. I think most of like I'm actually half the jobs I quit mid shift like just like mid like, fuck this yes I was just like I'm not my and they're like yeah I was like yeah I'm leaving so like so I can't imagine <laughs> like personally like I can't imagine doing that shit like I <laughs> that's so funny bro so like because um I had I had that tendency mm-hmm. um you know I was like yeah I gotta like, I, I just gotta leave I you gotta, gotta work go. for yourself yeah. so like that that was. Um, that, so she, I hate when I lose my train of thought, dude. Nah, it's cool. You're talking uh, about how, like, you, you believe in karma. You keep oh, shit yeah. House, yes. You know? he, I keep shit in house because I believe in karma. So I was like, because my mentor happened to him and I felt like it was going to happen to me because of my karma. He hired somebody pretty early in his business mm-hmm. to outsource a lot of things. Okay. He got fucked two ways with that one he hired someone and he had no idea what he really hired them for right so they were doing their job but then he's like when they quit because he actually fired them because they weren't really a cultural fit anymore he said that person was a virtual assistant they like yeah they shut his shit down like like they created all of his like like streamlines and his processes so when they fired him they just cut his show so we had to go so we had to go restart so I had a feeling the whole time because he he was um he's um he's like a four hour work week kind of a person. Oh. So like if he can outsource as much shit and just have it get done, yeah. And he just looks at the money, he's okay with that. Um, I would mo- I would prefer that, but I was like, dude, you were employed to do so many jobs for people, and you just did not do them, or you just said fuck it mm-hmm. at any given moment. So I was like, dude, can you? I was like, I was like, think about what you did to those people's businesses. I was like, that's probably. I'm like, dude, that's gonna happen to you hell of time. So let me ask you this: <laughs> Is that going to be a problem? Do you think moving forward in terms of scalability? Because I think that would be a problem. <laughs> Obviously, you have to nurture the right culture, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you have to make sure that your employees are as they're not going to be as invested in the business as you. Yeah. But like, you have to, you know, give them some. You know, equity or yeah. make them under own align with the mission. As of course, do you think when you quit all those, like it sounds like you just didn't give a fuck about the business? You weren't aligned with them. Yeah, that's inspired. what I'm saying. So that, with that being said, that led to my thought process being, dude, I have to learn all of these skills in house for a couple of reasons. One, I don't want to get burned like my mentor. Facts. He's, I mean, he's a smart dude. I'm not saying he's a, like, he's a bad businessman or whatever. Like, I mean, that dude was like actually one of the top. You, you learn from people's mistakes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not, so I don't want to sit here and say that he's not a good person or whatever, but like he let me know. I was like, all right, 
I know if I outsource something, one, I don't really know how, if I don't know what I'm doing at all, how do I know if you're doing a good or bad job? And, and I would just say, that's a huge thing in my, pers- like from my work perspective, I still work nine to five, like the man, the people, the leadership that actually understand the day to day, I see as so much more effective leaders than the leaders that are just sort of sitting there and barking orders that don't really understand what's going yeah. on in the trenches. So yeah. I respect that a lot. You know? So, so that was, so we did that. So there's a, there's a couple of reasons we did that. I was like, dude, I just believe that when we're trying to make this scale, I feel like someone is going to quit on me because I did it to so many people. Right. So I was like, I'm going to have to learn all the basics here. And we all decided, listen, we're going to take, we're going to delegate this, whatever. We're all going to just learn. And we're not experts at any of those things by any fucking means. I mean, maybe at negotiations, we're getting deals. I don't think we're experts yet, but I think we're getting better in that aspect. Uh, everything outside of those things, I'd probably say we're entry level. Like, well, we can get the job done, but I don't think that we're elite right. in those things. However, I can say, hey, yo, listen, I can say, oh, listen, we made this much money during the pandemic and the lockdowns and the riots and shit. And we did everything ourselves. So now, because I know what I did, I'm like, okay, so I did this and this led to this. So now I'm sitting here. If you come in to help me, you have to be at this bar. But if I would have never did it myself, how do I know if they're doing my mic? They're like, oh, well, they did X, Y, and Z. I'm like, I don't know if that's fast or slow because I don't don't know. You don't know where the bar is. Yeah. (laughs) So that was... um, you know, that's a, well, you know, that's kind of how we started our business first right. year, year one. Uh, besides that, I know that, you know, we learned a lot about the front end, like negotiation and shit like that. And there was a part of our business that fucking sucks. Now, it's the most important part of the business, but it's just it, it sucks. Um, so we tried to hire someone to do that for us uh, pretty early, given the experience. Mm-hmm. But we we spiritually did. We weren't ready. Like we right. were, we were like three months. We're like three months into the business trying to fucking hire people. Yeah, dude, no. what the fuck, fuck are we doing? <laughs> like we tried, we tried. You know, we slowed ourselves down. Um, you know, the person I they I don't think they really had the skills. But at that time, you didn't know what the skills were necessary. Yeah, and yeah. Like, I was like, and that, and that was my first time training somebody. So I was like, I felt they weren't picking it up. But I was like, dude, what if you're a shitty teacher? Because you've never done this before. Right. So yeah, a lot the first year we we fucked up a lot of shit. I think um a lot of the first year we somehow made it because I mean uh, I I'll be honest we had to be so blessed because I, I I'll say this on the record and I don't care if anybody knows um I did the dumbest shit ever in 2020. We were low on money and you know marketing yeah this is how you generate revenue that's how right? you get leads how you yeah and those leads convert of course so our dumbasses said yo we're running low on money stop marketing that's what <laughs> like, we actually fucking, we actually fucking did that yeah. um so yeah dumb as shit um so that's why i feel like we had to be blessed because like i don't know how the fuck we made it right like, well, some, it well somehow we did so um we definitely made a lot of mistakes in year one but obviously year one was just really Finding um, the learning, finding process. the strengths and weaknesses for everyone on the team, yeah. and then just making sure that we can like. I don't know if you, you remember the remember the delta pushups we used to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like no, like the push no when they used to do the delta pushups. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and you have to pretty and you had to pretty much do them a certain way. So like 
you didn't absolutely murder you. Like, yeah. yeah, so like we kind of tried to find that balance where it's like, okay, we're three or three of us. Um, you got to lean on someone for this and someone yeah. else for this, and I'm doing this part. Yes, um, so we did that, and then we also uh, tried to, in our first year, not only specialize, but also make sure that whatever you specialized in, you made sure that you at least documented enough to where someone else on the business can like kind of know. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I you never know what might happen, you know. So, of course, um, that's the reason why and that's the reason why we um, have our things uh, specialized. I mean, split up so we can have everything specialized within a person. So that way when we go to make a decision on outsourcing. We consider and say, no, that's. He, like Roger is probably really good at re- outsourcing things like, you know, people being on the phone because he loves that shit. So like he kind of he's better at knowing, like maybe not teaching them all the specifics. We're still we're still learning to teach him those things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's still things that I'm learning. I mean, for me, the main thing is patience because I I just I, I think I'm because like because I quit job so easily. I not perfect. I actually do have a issue where I'm impatient with. Sometimes I'm patient with my employees, like I curse at them or like I'm angry with them or whatever. But sometimes I forget that, like I look at something, I'm like, dude, this is so easy. How'd you mess this up? Facts. And I'm just I have like the same struggles. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't get it. What did? How did you mess this up? It's like you're looking at it through your lens. Yeah. Only. Yeah. And I, and then sometimes I guess I, I'm still. I mean, I, I've gotten a lot better at it over yeah. time, but I I struggled with um trying to communicate things and being patient with people um because i always felt like people should just understand i'm like if you are on my team and you work for me and i'm telling you something to do i'm not telling you something to sabotage you because you are a part of my success so if i sit here and tell you to go do something you fumbled a bag i fucking fumbled by default yes like i I, it doesn't matter like if Fucking Dak Prescott goes and fumbles five times. The Cowboys lost. That means Jerry fucking Jones lost. (laughs) Yeah, he's not celebrating because someone on his team fucked up. So so it's like, yeah, you know, maybe it didn't affect me directly, but I'm like, nah, see, like, you still got my shit on your, you still represent my shit and you're fucking up. I told you to do this because of this. And why didn't you do it? Why would I tell you something that's going to fuck you over because it's going to fuck me up? Right. But I had to like understand. I'm like, dude, not everybody like realizes that. Dude. Like, you gotta like either articulate that or give them time to understand. Understand. Like, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. That's I don't know good. if that answered your question. I know I just was. A little <laughs> I don't even remember what the fuck the question was, bro. We just went on a tangent, but like it was a great tangent. I mean, like that actually like helped me understand a lot of shit about just leadership in general. I feel like, and like one thing you were saying is like, it's. It's, you know, you fumble by default if someone under under you or someone that's taking direction from you fails. And it's like Jocko Willink always says, like, everything comes back to, like, a leadership problem. Like, if someone fucked up, if an employee fucks up or a subordinate fucks up, it's ultimately on the leader. Like, yeah. regardless of what happened. Like, if you didn't tell them the process enough, you didn't communicate what contingencies, like, what might have happened, and they yeah. end up fucking up. You all suffer, and that's ultimately your problem. Like, that's yeah. a leader's problem. And the yeah. leader needs to identify what they could have done better to put the subordinate in a better place to win. 
No, nah, that's facts. That's facts. And like a lot of um, like uh, people with like when it comes to like leadership, like sometimes they might say, well, that person sucks. But I'm like, well, listen, either you or whoever your recruiter is mm-hmm. didn't see the bullshit. Right. So, yeah, it's still your fault. Yeah. Now you exactly. can sit and say, yeah, well, we hired that person and they immediately did something stupid and they defied everything. I'll be like, yes, that person used their all time to fuck up. And yet that person is fucking wild for what they did. However, comma, y'all still hired her by him. <laughs> you, you, you saw something in them or didn't see this in them. And that's how it ended up. Yeah. And you so, fucked up. <laughs> like, so, at the end of the day, every, every fuck up shit like that like every time something is wrong there's a lesson in this in that mistake that you can yeah. take and be better with like and that's that's how i feel on that yeah. um all right let's move on because we'll never get off that subject <laughs> here we go um all right so last thing about like general business that i just want to ask like, a couple like questions really for my own benefit and obviously anyone that is interested in real estate can learn too uh but before we get into that like Anybody in the entrepreneur space, anyone that wants to be an entrepreneur or not even full-time entrepreneur, go out on their own, make content, like anything like that, anything entrepreneurial, what would you, what would you tell them? Like what your best piece of advice to me or to any other entrepreneur that's just trying to get on their shit and start a business or just be better, you know, build their business acumen, anything like that. What would you give them? Like, what would you tell them? Advice to like get started, you mean? Yeah, yeah, like someone getting started in the space, you know, someone that has no fucking clue what they're gonna do or like what, or maybe they have a business but it's just starting and they don't really know what they're doing. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. I would say, um, I would say if you're gonna start something, uh, this might sound crazy again. I would say have conversations with yourself out loud, and the reason why I would say that is. Um, if I got, I forgot who said this, I, I did it was not me, but, um, uh, they, uh, they pretty much said that if your brain was a, was a human being, you would hate that person because they would tell you everything wrong and why you can't do anything. I'm like, yeah, they really would. So I'd like to talk out loud to myself when I'm, when I'm going to do something, because if I talk to myself, I'm always trying to play devil's advocate mm-hmm. with my negative subconscious because you know, a lot be, just because of our primal instincts and because, you know, where we came from as a species. I know we see all these technological advances. We are not that much different from the people 50,000 years ago. Biologically, <laughs> we're so similar. <laughs> so, yep. like, because of that, you know, back then they, they had to focus on the negative shit because they didn't have houses. They were just out there in the fucking sticks. So it was like, <laughs> dude, you have to look for every problem because, like, there's lines and shit. And all these, like, yo, well, everything out here will fucking kill us. Right. So you're all, so I can understand why humans, we subconsciously always try to find the negative. Mm-hmm. So for me, I have conversations and I always play devil, devil's advocate with my mind. And when I say, why? I'm like, because my default is always a negative response. Mm-hmm. So if I'm playing devil's advocate, I'm always like, yo, shut the fuck up. What are you talking about? Dude? Yeah. Like, like there's no, that's a baseless. <laughs> Like, that's almost no reason to be negative about that. Yeah. Or I'll just sit there and like, oh, well, what if you like. Blow your money. I'm like, and I'm like, well, all right, what if I fucking invest well and fucking make it? Yeah. You fucking idiot. <laughs> so, like, I would say definitely um, talk to yourself. Have conversations with yourself. Try hella shit because I figured out there's two ways 
to find out what you're trying to do. Either you are a fucking master at guessing and you just get that shit right the first time or just use process of elimination. Just find out what the fuck doesn't work. You will eventually get to what the fuck does. Yeah, I would definitely say that's another thing to, you know, trying to get started. Um, I would say outside of that, dude, you have to diversify your fucking circle. I, I, I can't. I can't, I can't, um, and the reason why I say this is because, you know, if you're trying to start something new, you can't fucking be around the same people you've always been around because they're not going to inspire nothing new because yes. why the fuck would they? They're, they're your old homies. They, they want to do the old shit. Yeah. You, your cog fits in their system how you are right now. Right. So they're never going to encourage you to do something different because that's going to fuck up their system. <laughs> so now they, so if you make a move, even if they don't want to make a move, they have to because you were integral in their life and you were no longer doing the same thing in their life. So they, by default, even if it's just like, oh, that's just my homie, I kick it with him on the weekend and drink. All right, if you decide to go do something where you can't be with your homie, kick it and drink on the weekend, he or she has to make a move. Yeah. They got to be, they either got to find a new drinking person, drink by themselves, or be like, yo, this shit is stupid and go do something else with their life. But regardless, your move forces their hand to make a move. So your old homies are never gonna ever really try to encourage you to do something. Damn, um, bro. That's it. That's powerful. That's think, really powerful. So I would say you gotta diversify your circle. And I don't just mean like, you know, in terms of like what your people look like. You know, yet you surround yourself by different philosophies. Um you know, you know, doubt your thinking. I think you actually had you actually actually your last uh podcast episode mm-hmm. talked a lot about that. So I would say that's definitely one of them. Um, I would say here, I would say play the, what if you were them game? Mm. And what that, what I mean by that is if you're trying to start out and you're like, man, I'm just, I'm just so nervous. I don't know how to start. I tell myself, listen, what would you tell this? What would you say if you were watching a TV show right now? You were talking to the TV (laughs) and then my brain starts to say, well, I would do this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, see, you got your solution. Let's go. Yeah. Right. I'm, like, I'm like, what would I tell somebody? If I was on this movie screen and they had this problem, well, dude, like if I was in a situation, I would do, oh, there's my solution. Let's let's go do it now. Right? I like so that. Um, I would say, you know, having that spreadsheet, having a spreadsheet mentality, just because like, you know, when we, when we look at our things subjectively, we start to believe, you know, shit like, oh, well, they did it like this, but they didn't have it like this, this, and this. I'm like, see, no, see, you're acting like a bitch now. Yeah. So I would say, you know, definitely diversify your thought process, diversify the, your philosophies, diversify the people you hang out with. And what I mean by that is not just like, find if you're a 22 year old black male, like go try to find some 72 year old white women. I don't know. Like you have to go out here and try different shit. Like if you know, if everyone that you know is in Pennsylvania, start meeting some people. In other places, yes, because you know, I, that that was a huge reason for why I wanted to start my Instagram. Is I felt like everybody I talked to was in a very. It wasn't like they're the exact same person, but there's a common demographic there of most people live in Pennsylvania, and like, why would I like? Even if most people like a lot of those people have different philosophies and other aspects. They all live in Pennsylvania. So, like, they're all going to think the same shit in terms of, like, like they you know, they don't live at a beach. Like, people have a different mindset on the West Coast. Like, yeah. complete, like, East Coast, West Coast mindset are very different. 
And I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but I know that I want to know how other people think in other parts of the country or world. Like, yeah. Because you have to understand, like, you have to acknowledge the fact that, like, we all think a certain way due to the environment we were put in. Sure. And even if that environment isn't the same across people, if there's a common denominator in your circle or your friend group, try to diversify that common denominator, whatever it is. If it's if it's race, if it's, you know, sexual orientation, if it's location, like, yeah. all that shit. Bro. Yeah. Like, because that'll just serve you well. Like, it'll just broaden your perspective and make you question shit and learn shit about the world, you know? Yeah. So. yeah, so I would definitely say that if you're trying to start out, definitely do those do those things. Because, mm-hmm. like, when you, because, like, you're, it's like, when you, when you run around everyone that's like you, they're gonna, they're probably gonna give you some, like, shit that you would probably say. And yeah. it's just, like, it doesn't help me. Like, if, you know, like, I would have done that already. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty sure, like, you know, you know, just how we, we, we're, we're in our organization, right? I'm pretty sure that if we never left, it would probably be exactly the same. Yeah. Just, we'd be like, well, this is what the fuck we did. I was, was pretty cool. Like, <laughs> stick to exactly. Yeah. So then, like, the people after us are like, yo, I don't really like this. We need to do this, this, and this. And we're like, shut up. But then we leave. They get older. And then it's like, oh, you know, you can do what you need to do. Do your own shit. Exactly. But, bro. What would, but our organization probably, I mean, I know the organization started with a bunch of people from, like, you know, the army and everything. Yeah. If we just stayed like that, we would we still know. be a bunch of dudes <laughs> from the army. Yeah, yeah exactly. so it's like, that's, so that's how I would say to you, I would say definitely diversify your thoughts, mm-hmm. process, your conversations, your political ideologies. I, I would say if you're liberal, try to go listen to conservative podcasts or read conservative articles every day. And just so. And vice versa. Yeah. Just so, just so you can just be like, well, let me, let me see what they're talking about. Yes, I do that all the time. You know, I have my leanings like in philosophy and in politics, but like, I really do try to make it a point to hear out the other side because not only does that help me understand where those people come from, but if I, like, if I have to argue my point of view to someone, and I talk about this all the time, if I have to like explain how I think about something and get into a debate with someone, I want to be able to defend my position and understand the other position because that helps me understand why I think the way I think and why they think the way they think. Yeah. And that's so powerful. Like nowadays, no one wants to fucking hear the other side. And it's so shitty because you leave so much knowledge transfer on the table when yeah. you don't listen to someone else's view. Yeah. You know, That's so all right. Um, I just want to move on a little bit to a little bit about Quick Cell Valley in general. Like, I want to hear. I think we covered a lot of like the the origin story, startup type shit, right. and we talked a lot about like where you know your team stuff like that. So, I want to know first off. I want you to explain to anyone that's listening because I don't know how many people know a lot about real estate so give them like a quick like five minute like what is wholesaling because that's from what i understand that's what most of your revenue is from probably oh yeah say. yeah so yeah. so tell me about wholesaling tell tell them about you know what's a quick five minute i mean from what i understand you're sort of middle middlemanning deals putting in contact buyer and seller so yeah go a little bit into that yeah that's uh that's pretty much just that's the gist of it but to go a little bit further into it uh, what you're pretty much doing is you're selling your equitable interest okay. in a property to somebody else. 
Okay. So, or in other words, you're sourcing, you're being the source of the real estate transaction. Okay. So, you know, there's things where you put things on the market where it's like, ah, I can go on Realtor.com or Zillow, Zillow. Redfin or whatever, and I can see, oh, they're selling this house for this much or whatever. <clears throat> now, that's a consumer, that, that's going to be more for the consumer market. Okay. So, what I'm looking to do is I'm looking for a fucked up house. Like, mm-hmm. it has to be absolutely destroyed. The reason being is, you know, it's just like anything else. The raw materials are always cheaper than the manufactured goods. Hmm. So if I can find a house that's completely dilapidated, I'm, you know, I talk to them. Hey, what what happened? How did you get in this position? <laughs> All right, that's how you got this. Okay, how can we solve that for you? Let me ask you how how are a lot of your clients into those positions? Uh, a lot there of them. variety of ways. Yeah, I mean. It's a it's a pawn shop business, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really know why people are selling their stuff for a discount. Mm-hmm. I just know that they're selling at a discount. Understand for whatever purpose. Got it. Usually a distressed um, reason, um, but you know we try to actually service the people that we um, work with because a lot of people do in their in the wholesale business. Not knocking them. I mean, they learned that way. Uh, they and a lot of people have seen success that way. A lot of people say they're going to buy the property. Right. We don't tell them that. Like, I'm, I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. Um. Trying to be and, transparent. Yeah, and and I and I do that because I'm like, well, if that was my grandmother, I would be salty as shit if someone just lying to my grandma saying they was going to do something. And the reason why they don't lie is because we're since we are not buying the property, we have our, we do our analytics, we do our all that shit, and we believe that we could sell something, mm-hmm. but. We may put on them. We may shop it to like our investors. They may be like, "Fuck that! I don't want that." And then nobody wants it. Then we have to go back to the person and say, "Oh, you can't help you, right?" So because of that, we don't tell them, "Hey, listen. If we think the price is high, but they're really wanting to sell, we'll tell them. Listen, um, we will try to get this sold for you. If well, we, we can't promise, it. yeah." And I'm like, "But listen, you know, we're, we're, we will help you. We will try. We know if you need help with finding a place, or you need help, you know, finding um some funding to." Put a place, put money down to you know move in. Like talk to us, we'll help you with those kind of things. Um, that's kind of where we're at. Uh, the money obviously is important, but we're we're really focused on solving their problems, just being transparent, uh, making sure that we can offer them a good um a good a good service. I'll be honest with you, I've actually actually yesterday I actually threw away a deal. I didn't really throw away a deal. Um, I had a, you know somebody I worked with. They were they're new. And they didn't. They were excited because they were trying to, you know, get their first, their first deal, get their first uh, commission, all that. And I understand that. So they kind of danced around some parts of the script, and they didn't do it like maliciously. Right. They were just like, "Oh my gosh, this might be my deal." So let me just cut through shit and try to close. Mm-hmm. So they did that, and I texted, I texted him. I was like, "Did you tell them?" Because he sent me the notes, and he said that she was a realtor and all that. So I was like, "Hmm, did you tell them?" That we are going to sell the property. He was like, no. So I was like, all right, this is not going to be a deal. Because I called her. I was like, hey, listen, my guy's pretty new. Um, so I just wanted the call to clear everything up. Did he tell you that we're going to sell the property? He was like, well, I mean, you guys are going to listen and tell it I'm a realtor. I was like, yeah, I, yeah, I, I know. Understood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes it, I you, my services literally are pointless to you. Right. <laughs> so I had to, like, you know, call and be transparent about that. Whereas I know I know people would have just sent the contract out and just nice. acted as if like they were going to purchase it, send proof of funds and everything. And then that person, because like the reason why they're in those fucked up positions is usually 
It is most of it's almost because of their wrongdoings, but sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, they're in a fucked up position. So I'm just like, well, if they're saying, you know what, selling this house is going to help me get this this funding, so I can move to Wyoming, so I can be with my grandmother before she passes away. I'm not trying to lie. That's some heavy shit to be lying on. Yeah. Like, I'm so because because I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, yo, am I gonna sit here and call that person back? Is whoever is gonna call that person back and say, hey, we can't get this deal done? And it's like, okay, so now they they might say, oh well, then you can try to re- negotiate your price, bring them down or whatever. But depending on how much you get to know that person and how much like you actually genuinely care about being a good person. I I, I I couldn't see myself telling somebody, oh, yeah, I couldn't see someone. I couldn't see myself telling somebody, yeah, I need to sell my property. I'm going to fuck the position. I, I, you know, I have to get somewhere because my family member's dying. I have X amount of months to get there. And this is what I, this is the money I need. This is the price I need to get to. All right, cool. All right if we're there and I know that and I'm like, and I don't think that number's going to work, I'll tell them, listen, I don't think that number's going to work with my network. Now, I know some realtors or whatever you might be able to work with. Um, so just having like our, our, our main thing, our business was having that honesty and that transparency and just not, not worrying about, you know, dumb shit. Like I said, a lot of people in our business, they, they are coached and taught to say they're going to buy the property. Yeah. And I mean, I, I understood in theory, when you look at the language, like on the paper, you're, you're not, you're not, you're not lying to them because when you look at the the paperwork in there, you can see that there are there's language in there yeah. that says I can assign this property to somebody. Right. But so we just tell them, yeah, we're gonna sell this to somebody for yeah. a profit. We just tell them the truth. And a lot of people honestly actually really prefer that because they're just like, wow, I appreciate you being honest with yeah. me. And I we and the reason why I also like that is because I I've noticed um I actually got this from one of the dudes I worked with from Door to Door is fucking genius. I'm so mad I didn't come up with it. <laughs> he said I came to work high the very first day because then I could come in high and they would never know. I know someone that said that shit too. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. So I used that same application. I used that same theory. I was like, wow, if I just am transparent the whole time, when I am transparent, when I ha- like, if it's like if I lie, 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 and then have to tell them the truth, now everything is compromised. And yeah. now I'm actually trying to tell the truth, but I lied all these times. So now you don't trust me. So for me, I'm just like, listen, just tell the truth from the rip. So if I fuck up, I'm just like, hey, listen, I reevaluate the property. Um, I did not see that there was this active tutors down from your house that should close. Um, I know I, I, your property's not worth it anymore because that shit closed. So we can try still. Uh, you can shop with somebody else or we could come down on the price. Whatever you want to do, just let me know. If you don't want to play ball no more, listen, I'll just turn me the contract and you can go play ball somewhere else. Right. Um, so I would. that's that's our business model. Like I said, a lot of people try to, like, they'll do that and they'll wait. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I already got my shit moved and shit. So it's like, hey, I can't do your numbers. So now you're like, well, fuck. I already like my my kids' school is already transferred over here. Like I already like I already like got a job out there. Like, okay, well it's either I throw either I say fuck that shit or I just come down twenty thousand, which I think is sleazy as fuck. Right. <laughs> but yeah, people try that shit. We we just honestly we just tell them what we're doing and we go from there. Uh we just wanna make sure that 
we're providing a lot of value to uh, you know people and also making sure that people actually know that this avenue exists because uh, a lot of people even though like a lot of people um do this or a lot of people make money for this a lot of people just don't fucking know this thing even exists yeah wholesale <laughs> like, like it, yeah it's not even real estate there's so many things in wholesale that people just don't understand yeah, I don't. that exists <laughs> um so that's our that's how we that's how we approach it but ultimately what you're doing is you're just sourcing the real estate deal um and by sourcing the deal all you're pretty much doing is you're you're pretty much if you're almost like i guess if you're if you're in the sports you're franchise i'm pretty much franchise tagging mm-hmm. a property right where it's like listen if you want to get this property you're gonna have to to go through me. Understand. So it's like, yeah, it's like, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> and you know, because like, you know, when you franchise, when they franchise tag somebody, they pay them way more than the normal contract. This is like, well, you're only paying them for one year or whatever and all that shit. But it's the same thing. It's like, you know, the franchise tag, what does it do? That player cannot leave that spot right. without doing some, with, I don't even know if they can actually get out of that shit. And that's kind of what the contract is, it's like the franchise tag. It's like, yeah, you can try to cut me out, but I have this signed and I put the deposit down. So if you try to cut me out, I'm just going to go to my attorneys and you're just going to get fucked. You're in trouble. <laughs> like, right. So like, you, you might as well just pay me my 15 grand and just walk the fuck on. Right. And, yeah. the re- and, the, and you might be like, well, why would somebody want to do that? Is um, when you are an investor and you start to see ROIs and shit, mm-hmm. you're not going to, you're not. Most people that invest in real estate invest in real estate because they probably like a lifestyle. It's not even, it's, I mean, the money is cool, but most of them do it because of, of a lifestyle they're trying to live. And no one's going to compromise their lifestyle and or put their business in jeopardy because they don't want to pay me. If they sit here and say, yo, that flip, even with his 15K fee, our ROI will still be 60%. Are we going to sit here and step over 60% ROI for 15K? Because because it's <laughs> some fucking pride. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, you know, that's how it works because I'll just be like, well, listen, you don't want to pay me my 15K, my 10K, 3K, whatever the, the, the price may be. I'm like, well, listen, uh, this blockbuster flip that you could have gotten, I'm going to sell it to this dude and then you're going to see him close. You're going to see him purchase it for 100 and then sell it for 450. And you're gonna be salty as shit when he got the three thousand dollars in his pocket, and you don't. Exactly. All because you want to keep fifteen k, you <laughs> stupid motherfucker. Yeah. It's so like business people don't care about who they're giving their money to. If the numbers work out, they're gonna fucking take it. Yeah. Like so that's so that's how it works. If you if anyone's thinking like, well, why would Wanda just cut you out? Because like yeah, we don't own the property. We don't. We just say contract. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like so. What we're pretty much doing is we're not selling the house. We're actually selling the equitable interest in the contract mm-hmm. to some paper, basically. Yeah, yeah. We're, right. That's literally what we're selling. Right. Understood. <laughs> um, All right. So, last question I think I got for you on this show, and it, it's about real estate. More more for my own interests. Obviously, most of that shit was for my own interest, to be honest with you, because <laughs> I want to get into real estate and I want to understand how a lot of different you know plays in real estate work. Because there's it's so interesting about real estate, how you can do so much with it. Yeah, um, and that's what really interests me. So, what what advice would you give to someone like me? So, I want to, you know, I want to house hack. I've been thinking about Tampa. I've been thinking about that shit. Like, what advice would you give to someone like me to get into real estate, especially in such a fucked up, uncertain market right now? Well, I want to start that by saying uncertainty always exists yes if you're not if, if you're not a psychic fortune teller if you don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow then you don't then you're, 
you're living in uncertainty. We're living in uncertainty right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say Tampa is fucking booming. I would say if you're trying to get into Tampa, not saying you can't. I'm a, I don't want to lie. I'm not going to yeah. sit here and instruct your ego. I'm like, you can do anything. Yes, you can still do anything. I'm going to let you know. that I know people in the Tampa market. That shit is booming. So it's probably seller's market. So if you want to get into a bidding war, yeah. you can still get a property. I'm not saying you have to get into I'm mm-hmm. not saying you could. There, there are probably properties in Tampa that are just fucking sitting there. Nobody's doing oh, shit. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. They're probably out there, but they're probably fucked up. Now, if you're saying, yeah, I want to. If you don't care about how you get in. Um, then you can wholesale or whatever. But if you're like, I'm going to let you know, wholesaling is very lucrative, but you're, how do I explain this? It's like wholesaling is lucrative, but it's it's the, how do I explain this? It's like, if, if wholesaling was like the medical field, we the nurses cleaning up people's, the people that shit on themselves. Like, that's what we're doing. Like it's not pretty. Like like we're we're dealing with people who disappear out of nowhere in the transactions. It's not the pretty houses. You walk in, it's like wow, there's burnt up cats on the floor, like actual burnt up cats. On the, what the fuck is going on in this house? Like is that a real story? Yeah, that actually happened. Holy like shit. like that's the like that's the kind of shit that like we're we're dealing with. So like realtors don't want to deal with that because a realtor gets paid off the final price of the commission. Mm-hmm. I mean a commission from the final price. So. They're clearly trying to drive up the value as high as possible. These houses are fucked up. So the person who would pay maximum value for it probably doesn't have the liquid cash for it. So they'd have to get a loan. No bank is going to loan on a fucked up piece of property. So you're going to have to go to a hard money lender or be a flipper or something. But they have the funds. But the upside to the funds is you have the... You're selling them the speed and the convenience. Listen, I know that that dude offered you 50. I'm offering you 30. But listen, I'm going to close tomorrow. Yeah, it's like, okay, I need the cash right now. Like, yeah. Now, yeah, you can sit there and deal with some loan officers and negotiate and wait six months and maybe get your money, or you can take 30000 right now. So what do you want to do? So like, that's the upside if you're going to that wholesale route. Mm-hmm. But now if you do not, now if you're like, man, listen, I don't want to grind like that. I like grinding, but I like using, I, I, I like leveraging different types of uh, terms or structures or whatever you might want to call them i would say house hacking is definitely another fire way to get in there but ultimately dude um your your best bet in terms of trying to get into the real estate market money is everywhere mm-hmm. um so don't when money is honestly that's the most irrelevant part people think it's the most important part it's actually the least relevant part you don't really need to worry about the money just get the deal. Yeah. If you can get the deal, people will syndicate your shit. Mm-hmm. And what a syndication is, is pretty much when you try to get a big ass deal and everybody that you're trying to get the deal done with, they know that you cannot get it done. Like, it's like, yeah, like, honestly, you could probably syndicate a 400 unit property right now, but you're not, um, they're, like, you're probably not going to do it yourself. You're probably going to get you know, a bunch of people to help you like fund shit, like a crowdfunding or something. And you're gonna help them, you're gonna, you're gonna help them, um, you know, so basically when a crowdfunding is, uh, yeah. I get the deal. It's so like I'm, using other people's money. Yeah, yeah, I'm the face of the deal. So when it closes, it's gonna be like, I closed and all those good things. However, 
I'm only getting so if I close my four hundred dollar four hundred unit property, but I syndicate it, I might actually own like twenty units. Yeah, it's so, like you're getting a percentage, it's like yeah. you're getting equity in the property. So if you have the hustle and you do things like that, you don't really need the money because if somebody sees that you're hustling and you're trying and they, mm-hmm. you have a decent plan, it's like oh you have a decent ROI and shit. Yeah, yeah. They, people will fund your shit all day. Yeah, I mean like think about like Grant Cardone, like he he uses other people's money all day. Like, yeah, mad people, like all these big realtors, big real estate you know moguls, they're not. Using yeah. their own money yeah. to fund all these fucking monster deals they're closing every month. Like they're they're leveraging other people and you know, they're yeah. taking some equity and they have these huge assets under management. But just because they have like Grant Cardone always talks about like, oh, I have like two trillion dollars or whatever whatever billion dollars under management, just because he has it under management, I don't think that means that he necessarily owns all that. No, he, he just manages it. Yeah, and that's and that's um and that's why I said money is the least important part. Right. If you have, if you have the drive, and you're like, yo, and people see you always trying to do a deal, somebody's gonna hit you up. Like, dude, what are you talking about? Right. Oh wow, I actually can help you with that. I know some people are fucking. I'll lend on that shit myself. I'll be an equitable. I'll be an equity partner or something. Like, there's so many. There's so many. I, I, I don't even know. I feel like real estate is like a whiteboard with nothing on it. You yes. like, yo, just do whatever you want. So there's that. You can do notes. Notes is. I don't know if you. I I've know never if, heard of that. Yeah, that's that is some um, weird shit. I haven't done it either. I've read about it. I tried to get into it, but pretty much what a note is in layman's terms, without getting too super into specifics, I don't even know the super specifics like that. What you're pretty much doing with a note is you're buying a non-performing mortgage, so someone who's not paying. Okay. So you buy that shit from somebody. So the banks don't. They actually don't. All the time expect to actually get that money back right so like they're just like you know what whatever because that's how credit that's how credit and debt collectors work right. it's like if you owe at&t money at&t is not calling you someone bought at&t's debt and they're trying to collect on at&t mm. debt. okay so basically what a note is you might buy a non-performing mortgage and call that person and say hey listen and they might be thousands in the hole right no, they're not making any money. So, yeah. I mean, not making money. That note, whatever, that mortgage is not being paid. So there is nothing being done. So you can do is like you can somehow find these notes, buy them, call these people, and say, hey, you know, um, I know that I, I, I peeped here that you have a hundred thousand in debt, and you were supposed to be paying nine hundred bucks a month. Now listen, I, I can help you out here. I can put it down to fifty thousand and make your uh, payment four hundred a month. And you take equity in the property. And then what I do, so then that becomes performing, and then I sell that to somebody. Huh. So it's so like you're making a quick profit. Yeah. Now, like, so so basically, what you're doing, you're gonna have to call those people and say, "Hey, listen, I see you have this debt. Would you like to have it reduced?" Now you're hoping they're like, "Yes, I would love to get my debt reduced." So you get that performing. So realistically, how I understood it, you buy these things for like pennies. And then you have to put in the work. But if you can get someone to actually like start paying you, then you're like, yeah, for pennies, I got this person to pay me X amount of month per mm-hmm. month. Then you're like, hey, I got this note. And then they'll be like, oh, well, how much is it for? Oh, wow, that's the actual value for it. If they actually perform on it, yeah, I'll, be, I'll, I'll buy that. Damn. So that's another way. But like, like I said, that is probably high skill. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, you I, wouldn't I, start out there. I, I have not. I think I've met 
out of all the investors I've ever talked to, I think I've known one to be like, yeah, I actually do that. And even when he was explaining it, he was making money off it. I still was like, dude, you can barely fucking explain this shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, no one really understands. And it's not that he can't explain it. It's just that it's so intricate that it's like, if you don't do it yourself, it's kind of hard mm-hmm. to try to explain to someone else. Um, Understood. Interesting. I'm trying to think. There's so many ways. I mean, so I, I would say if you're, I say all that to probably ask you the, a better question is what is your lifestyle? I guess that's mm-hmm. your ultimate question. Yeah. I mean, that's, I guess that's the fact, right? Is like someone like, like anyone that wants to get into real estate, you need really need to ask yourself, like, how much work are you trying to put in? Because, you know, wholesaling, for example, is way more work, it sounds like, you know, yeah. trying to get all these deals and, ship them off to someone else is way more work than say buying a property and writing like just holding a rental property or house hacking like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like I think for me it would make sense, you know, obviously what I wanted to do is house hack. It makes sense for me because I don't want it to be my main stream of income. I'm not trying yeah. to build a real estate empire. I'm trying to not pay my mortgage or pay less on my mortgage and build equity in a house. So that's kind of why I think you know, the house hack route, route yes, is for Yes, me. that would definitely yeah. be your route. I would say if you're not, if you're looking for residuals and wealth and stuff like that, wholesaling is not going to, I mean, it's a lot of cash, mm-hmm. but you're not holding anything. So it's just fast deals, huge amounts of cash transacting. But in terms of like, hey, I have this house and there's nothing. It's right. just a pile of cash. Right. So you can make a lot of money. So if you're trying to use that cash cushion to then invest it into properties or whatever that's what a lot of people do and that's what we're doing i understand that. but like but that's why we're doing that but now if you're just like dude i still want to have my regular job i just want to you know see some decent returns and all that then yeah i would probably say try to try to house hack depending on you know what kind of house hacking you're doing i mean you can go for like a hard money lender private money lender um equity yeah, FHA. Um, there's a knock. There's a knocking program. Yeah, if any, if anybody is listening to this, nobody, nobody takes it. I know. I know what the knocking program is, and I didn't even take advantage. Of it. <laughs> so like, nobody takes advantage of it, and I don't think a lot of people even know this shit exists. Right now, I mean, I, I thought about doing it. It's it's dope as fuck, but it's kind of like you got to take classes, and they kind of help. They can almost like buy a house for you, right? But like in return, you gotta like take certain tests and like you know get certified for certain things. But if you do, like they'll like literally, I don't know the whole specifics, but like they will generously help you buy a house. Yeah. So like good, good financing. But yeah, like, yeah I understand. and it's one of those, and it's kind of like how it's been. The NACA program is like the like how how scholarships are to college. It's like funding to real estate. It's like. If you ever went to like the Bursar's office and you're like, dude, there's like 10,000 pages of scholarships that no one has ever fucking applied for. It's kind of like that. Like there's out there, just no one's looking. Right. So if you do go around that route, like I said, there are some things they make you do, but if you complete it, you know, you can, um, yeah, you can uh, get a property that way. There's two or three K's. Now that's like when you're trying to buy a property, from my understanding, that's when you're trying to buy a bigger property. There's a lot of work. Um, but it's yeah, more—it's more, it's a, more it, of a development. I mean, I've worked into that. It's essentially—it's—it's it's essentially a um, an FHA loan that you know you can get. I mean, you can at least get into it if you're taking the FHA, and it it essentially covers the renovations yeah. on top of the value of the house. So, yeah. say you're going to buy a house, and you tell them 
oh, I'm going to buy this house. I'm going to appreciate it 30 grand by remodeling the kitchen, doing the living room, whatever. They'll fund that appreciation value on top of it, which I think is a pretty good idea if you're really like trying to use multiple things, like multiple things in your arsenal at one time. It's yeah. like, you know, okay, I want to get an FHA loan. I want to fix this house up for some appreciation and I want a house hack. Like that could be a really, like that's the goal for me. Yeah. Two or three K is like, possible if i end up buying a fixer upper but like yeah i feel like that's one of the best ways to approach real estate if you're starting out is like buy a little like a little bit of a fixer upper that you can pour some appreciate appreciation in and then you know house hack your way using that already forced like the house that you force the appreciation in to pay off just pay off for two yeah. or three yes yeah, so you can do that burring is pretty cool but i understand burring um to try to, it's almost like to make you like to, I guess put it in like a layman's term, it's like you're flipping the house without actually flipping the house. Mm. So pretty much what a burr is, um, like I said, in, in overall is you're purchasing a property that needs work. You add the value to it. You put a tenant in it, you know, it's getting, it, it gets performing. Now, usually it comes from, you acquired it by getting some type of loan, like yeah. a hard money or whatever. You buy it, you know, you have your holding costs, all that, you appreciate it. And then what you do is after it's all, you know, fly and it's all renovated, put tenants in it. Now it's a, it's a performing business, right? So now you can go to a bank and say, hey, listen, like this property's worth this, 330000 And let's say your debt on that property was twenty, mm-hmm. and, and it's like, not really, yeah, 330000 all fixed up. You took out a $20,000 loan. It wouldn't, I mean, it wouldn't, it, that probably probably fucked up. You probably need a huge renovation budget, okay. but just for the simplicity, uh, you know, you're, you're going to put 20000 in. Now you have a twenty. You have $20,000 loan yeah. that, but you're going to fix this house up and then you're going to refinance it for that 330 pull that 330 out, pay this person that 20 Re Now you do restart the loan on that house, right? but now you have that. Three hundred ten thousand dollars liquid in your cat in, in your pocket to yeah. do whatever you want. Puts and a lot of people what they do with that is they take that and then go put down payments on more properties. Right, and then and just keep doing that. I mean, I I I definitely appreciate that um that way of investing. I just for me personally, I, I'm not trying to be more than fifty percent leverage, especially because yeah. these fucking bubbles. Maybe this new monetary theory is. Going to he's going to stick. I don't know. We don't gotta get into all that, bro. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that shit is gonna actually stick, but I'm not sure. So because I'm just not sure, I don't want to personally leverage more than like fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like I mean, I don't. I mean, because they don't do it, but like people don't realize that like when you take a loan, they can call that shit at any moment if they want. It's gonna be fine. So like for me, I'm just like. I just don't want it to be more than fifty percent personally, mm-hmm. but that's just um my my personal opinion. Then there's other uh, avenues like owner finance and also yeah, and also subject to subject two is dope. But I I actually had a subject to I'm actually trying to sell that property now because it's actually kind of not that good. Um, what do you call it? I, we were drunk on our emotional investment and. We were we just wanted to say that no one in the business paid rent to anybody, so we 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 performed on a deal that we did not have the cash cushion, 
for the amount of repairs that it was going to over time that it needed. So it, it was just fucking eating us alive in terms of our rentals. But the only reason why we were able to like keep it, keep it was because we were wholesaling and those lump sums of cash were just funding the fucking repairs in the house. So wow. it was a stupid, it was a stupid move. Yeah. But like I said, we were just like, oh, we want to, because me and my wife, we don't, we, we pay rent, but we pay rent to ourselves. So Roger was still renting. So we were like, no, nah, fuck that. We need to like, what do we look like? Being real estate investors. And, 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 and we don't got our, I'm like, and we, I was like, nah, we look fucking dumb. So I was like, I was like, yeah, we got to get you a property. And we, some, we found someone who had a mortgage. They didn't want to pay it. We just signed it and took over their existing mortgage. Uh, so that's, that's a good way to get into a property. Now, if you can find somebody who, now, if you're really hustling out there, you could probably find somebody who has 500000 of equity in a house, let's yeah. say. And let's say they got down to like 80000 mm-hmm. and they couldn't pay that. Now, what you can do is subject to that house. They sign their rights over to you. Now, you have that property. Now, they still own it or whatever, mm-hmm. but you can, like, you, you can get the deed of the property under your name. But the loan itself is still under that, that person's name. So basically what the, the goal is, I sign away all of my financial interests. You take your debt and, you know, we work out work that out that way. So then you wow. just pay that debt for them. And then when you go to close, it's just like they actually close on the property. And then the deed actually goes into your name. When you Yeah. Wow. Now, you get, now for us, we got the property. We got the paperwork notarized. So, like, it was a legal, like document right. so if so if the seller was like oh i'm gonna oh you guys paid it down now i'm gonna like undo this agreement like it, it wasn't yeah, you're covering your so um yeah so if you can if you are that hustler you can find someone who's just like i got eighty thousand dollars left on this five hundred thousand dollar property i can't pay it they're gonna foreclose on it just take it over for them and now for eighty thousand dollars you got a five hundred thousand yeah. yes wow so i mean that's probably really hard to find as well. oh yeah i mean that i mean what i just illustrated what i just explained is like Oh my gosh, I would love to see that, but I, <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm, I mean, I know they. I'm sure they're out there, but there's not that many of those. Right. <laughs> well, I think that's all the time we have. We definitely went over the totality <laughs> time, but I'm yeah. totally cool with it. I mean, we had that was the best podcast by far I've ever done. Like, I'll just say that right now on on record. Like, that was fucking fire. I know I learned like. Way more than I expected to learn in this whole conversation. Dude, I learned so much shit. Too, <laughs> like I'm not even gonna fraud. I was hoping I was gonna learn a lot of shit. Like I was like, yeah, I hope this is. I didn't know how your podcast was gonna be, so right. I was nervous. I was like, I was like, dude, you have enough fire to just like for an hour to just like. <laughs> I was like, I was like, dude, I don't know, man. I was like, dude, I'm fucking. I was shitting bullets, bro. I was like, dude, like I was really. I was right on my board. I'm like, dude, I. I was like, I accepted this. And I was like, because I'm like, I was like, as a person that builds shit themselves, I'm like, see, I can't go on his podcast and say some rinky dick shit because like that's gonna fuck up his shit. So I was like, so I was like, dude, and I was like trying to rehearse, and I'm like, dude, like I was like, twenty six minutes, fuck. Yeah, fuck that shit. I was like, dude, you just gotta go off the dome because one thing leads to oh shit, Jesus, oh, oh, one thing leads to another, and you know. It's just is what it is. That totally fucked up my train of thought. But yeah. anyway, guys, thank yeah. you guys so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. Yeah. Share this if you enjoyed it. And I will talk to you all next week. Hey, let's get it. See ya. <laughs>